We are back on my parents' deck again on a beautiful evening, and we are joined by Agatha. Um, Agatha, I'm going to start by asking you quite a big question. How have you found lockdown? <laughs> so the last four months. <laughs> <laughs> Summarise the last four months. Yeah. Um, two words. <laughs> two words. Good and bad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's been good in the sense that we've had more time. Uh, more time with family, more time to think and spend with God, more time to like reconnect with friends. Um, and bad because everything's stopped and that's quite tough. Um, it's made me question a lot of things like decisions that I've made, sort of, am I doing the right thing? Um, and tricky in the sense of like, what's it going to be like sort of going back to something similar to reality or like something out of lockdown and how is that going to be set up for people like me or disabled people or yeah, all of those sort of doubts have been playing around as well. I've noticed, because I, I follow your blog, you do quite a bit of writing. Has that been something that has accelerated through lockdown or was it something you've always had a bit of a passion for? Or? Something I've always done. I found it tough to write during lockdown because there's so much big stuff, um, which has been really good to think about, but I've not come to any sort of conclusions. Like, like it just feels heavy a lot of the time. So trying to write about any of that stuff has been hard um, but I've really like there's been moments of clarity which have been really amazing like around Black Lives Matter and sort of realizations of like our own culpability in that and then realizations of like um, stuff that I want to take from that the inspiration of like actually doing something and actually speaking up like that's been really powerful um, and also like having this moment to just pause like this enforced stop like it just shows you god in a different light because when we've had to stop like he's just been the same and like that's been hugely inspirational to me as well like it's really thrown into sharp relief like humans are so weak and yeah god's just the same so that's been good to write about but um yeah i've i've not written as much because it's i usually write quite light-hearted stuff about insignificant things like running and you know <laughs> at the moment <laughs> that seems quite insignificant is that sorry go for it, amber uh, you mentioned a bit about black Lives matter movement was that something that you were um kind of kind of understood a bit of before um kind of it came to forefront of our minds in lockdown or is that something that's quite new to your radar or it's new and old, so I studied history and like I'm studying contemporary British history, so decolonization and like colonialism and empire and like analyzing things through the racial lens that's something that I've done a lot of, so you know I thought I was quite aware, like socially aware, and I read quite widely, so I've read about like different experiences in britain i've you know, I've read the stuff, I've watched the stuff, and yet somehow when, when George Floyd got killed and a runner a few months before that was also killed whilst he was just out on a run because he looked suspicious, I don't know if it was the fact that we weren't, we didn't have those distractions that we'd normally have or if it was the protests or what it was, but it just felt really 
it just hit home that it's a reality that there are these huge statistical disparities between the white and the black population in Britain, let alone the US. Um, it hit me that these things that I've happily studied in the academic realm aren't limited to that, that I'm studying them there because they're lived realities for so many people. So, um, yeah, it changed it from like a head question to a heart question as well, which was necessary, uh, but painful and has brought up lots of questions again, like, you know, I'm studying all of this stuff, but what effect does that actually have? And like, is studying what I want to be doing? Like, why aren't we, why aren't we actually changing stuff and like doing as well as thinking? Um, so that's been like big to wrestle with personally. And then, yeah, really amazing to have the time to think it all through and to have it like, yeah, brought up again so powerfully. How do you go about sort of trying to unravel some of those knots? Because they, they, they are big thorny issues, aren't they? If you've kind of, maybe you haven't, <laughs> in, in the complaints, but is it something you knock around and you, you know, you, you, there's some strong women in your family, you, your dad's got his head screwed on right, I think, just about, do you, do you knock it around in your family, how, how do you personally sort of go about trying to sort of wrestle with all this stuff? We definitely talk about it in my family, we all have like that social justice interest, which is really amazing. Um, it's quite difficult in a family dynamic to not let the emotion come into it, which um, is good as well because it's a safe place where you can say, like, this is really emotional. Um, but, yeah, it's been really good to chat it through with family. Um, God, who gets most charged up? Let us know. Go on. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Ignore, okay? that, ignore that question. <laughs> <laughs> me that I just yeah got weighed down by it yeah. um like I read stuff and I process a lot through like my own stuff but then when you sent out that email it like really hit me um and then when we had like the sermon series it was it just felt like a moment to be talking to people so we chatted on the phone as well with Amber and that was really good and just like small small steps to keep on thinking about it, not to kind of try and solve everything at once, but also just to keep on persisting with trying to unknot things and not just sort of looking at the knot and thinking, oh yeah, that's that's too big of a knot, I'm not gonna even approach that. But A, the awareness that there is a knot to untangle and then like the willingness to keep on picking at it. I think that's that's been what's changed. Um, and then very directly, it's really impacted me how I perceive disability and, there's been quite a few comments sort of floating around the ether, you know, like you can't conflate Black Lives Matter or racism with other social justice issues. But the way that it's impacted me has been just through making me understand that if I don't speak, then like who else will speak about disability equally? If you see like racial injustice, then you'd hope someone else would speak about that. Um, so it's made me bolder in like, yeah, chatting about disability, um, sort of in relation to the church. Oh, we've got some nice music. We're going to do the, the samba in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like disability in relation with the church and then also like with other projects that I'm involved with, just sort of raising it, like, have you considered this? Which, like, I probably would have done a little bit before, but now I'm like, oh, but if I raise it, then maybe something will change, which is a different attitude to the one I had before. 
This is this is a very personal question, actually. So you can tell me to take a, a running jump if, <laughs> if you want. But I, I remember when I first arrived at St John's, and you were sort of I can't remember what age, but a sort of middle teens, I suspect. And, and your eyesight was not hadn't deteriorated as much as it is now. And this is a big question as well as a personal one. But how has that that whole journey you've been on affected your walk with God? if that's not too mammoth a question. No, no, it's a really good question. So with disability, there's ebbs and flows of acceptance, of feeling like you're coping well with it, of managing it well, of communicating it well, all of that stuff. And then there's ebbs and flows in your faith. Like we all experience, you know, sometimes you feel closer to God, sometimes you're like really on fire praying, and other times it's like a bit less. And so I guess for me, like the ebbs and flows of disability and faith kind of um yeah operate they they don't coincide they just like they're they're two really significant things in my life so when my sight deteriorated in 2011 that was the year that I went to Soul Survivor and for the first time and really just had incredible encounters with God and let a lot of the anger about my disability go and received a lot of peace and a lot of healing from that anger and God really spoke to me and I just it was like I'd um like got to know God on a whole next level and it was mind-blowing and like so that was in the summer and then in the November um, I went to the hospital and they were like, you are now severely sight impaired and not visually impaired. And I was like, yes, but God has already done the groundwork. I'm ready for this. Um, so that's been my testimony since 2011. Um, but actually since that time, like moving away from home and experiencing different mental health issues and being in a lot of different situations and a lot of different faith situations, like sometimes it's not that anger returns, but just I guess the frustration with either faith, the limitations of my faith, or the limitations that disability places um, on me as an individual, or the way that like society is limiting for disabled people. Um, yeah, they can bounce around at different levels, but um, like at its best, as a disabled woman, I feel it's really radical that I am a believing member of a church and like that really strengthens my faith at my worst like it just gives me an extra sort of shake in my faith and an extra like shake in who I am and my validity and significance mm. um I don't know if that answers your question but yeah, yeah that, that's um, sort of yeah. how I yeah think about it a massive part of kind of you um, discovering yourself in the last couple of years, I guess, has been your running, isn't it? And then obviously, when lockdown came into place, you didn't have um, the people that you were running with to go running with and yep. all that sort of thing. And, um, and you touched a little, I'm trying to bring in the two, but you touched a little bit on about spending time with God in the choir. Mm. Um, did that come from the fact that you couldn't kind of uh, go out on your runs and because that was so freedom giving? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think how to phrase it. It's almost like um, running is an outlet where I feel God's joy and it's like a partnership. Like, um, so 
like we go through life and God is like our father and our like our best friend and all of that stuff I really like God's really spoken to me um around like the the guide runner blind runner relationship like it's just it's just been groundbreaking to have that level of trust with another person um I don't know if I can directly like translate that to lockdown and to like being more sort of present in my faith but just um, I guess it's just made me not rely on myself or on other people but just to run straight to God and like when everything is stripped away when I'm not a runner when I can't access that identity like who am I and I found that like the the few things that I could do independently was worship and pray and just be with God and like really like marvel at who he is because that didn't change that wasn't something that was swayed and like um like vulnerable to uh, to such an easy dismantling um but like yeah it really it really showed me that like the gift that God's given me in running and in enjoying his creation like that is a a gift and like he gives and he takes away um, and it sounds really trite but like he doesn't change and he is the gift that is stable and like he's the most significant thing um and yeah I really enjoyed um having that proven to me even though it was painful as well to um to be shown that I had to learn that again um but yeah it, it has been really good has lockdown given you time to sort of, well, I think you said at the beginning, it's given you sort of lots of questions. How many of those are about the, f- the future and what the future for Agatha looks like mm. five years down the road, ten years down the road? Do you dwell on those questions much? Is that part of who you are? Or? <laughs> um, I try not to. Um, I've tried to, like at first I was just really trying to live day to day. Um, in moments it's made me think like I want to have bigger dreams than just having a job and sort of subsisting and getting through um, but equally very aware that those dreams have to come from God otherwise like they they will not come to anything and in a way it's just made me question more you know like was it just me that decided to come back to London and pursue a master's was it just me that decided to come back and try and become a sports massage therapist or was God blessing that now because I just feel quite insecure in those decisions Um, but lockdown's also made me really like reconsider the fact that we are in God's hand and yeah like anything that he wants to happen will happen um and like if my dreams are from him then he will make sure like nothing will come in the like in the way of his will being done um so yeah the the social justice stuff it's is rekindled something that i've like felt for and pursued in various different ways like for lots of years um, and it's reminded me that that is something that I do deeply care about and I do really want to see as part of my future 
no, I don't know what that looks like. I don't no. do five-year plans. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, like, in the better moments, I'm like, yes, that is something I'm going to, going to run after. Yeah. And, um, yeah, trying to be a spokesperson and, um, like, bold in my words. I read this psalm and it said, like, there's these words in it that says, say, unseal my lips, Lord. And, um, like, when I'm sad, my lips are sealed. I don't say anything. But when, like, when I, I don't want that to be my default. I want my default to be speaking and, like, praising God, but also speaking for um, justice, but also, yeah, just speaking God's truth. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> No, I, you know, this is less of a question, more of a sort of observation. Anyone who's had a brush with you will will be instantly struck by your ability to communicate, and that's partly your your whole character is kind of bound up in that. But also, you do have a way with words, whether that's written or, or sort of verbal. So, yeah. definitely something to pursue there, I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> no Have daunting task. Else, yeah, yeah. There's a commission for you. <laughs> Don't you let me down. <laughs> Fab, thank you so much, Agatha. We've really enjoyed. I feel like we could sit here for hours <laughs> talking to you about it. Thank you so much. <laughs>